0: I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. It's the GD
1: Mike Novak show with Peggy Malecki. Green, gardening, and environment radio flavored with a dash of humor. Welcome to Intelligent, Irreverent Talk about plants and the planet they grow on. And here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Nova.
2: And welcome to the show. It's amazing. Patty Chayefsky wrote that uh, more than 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. And you could plug it in today. You could just plug it right in to our situation in our country today, right into and the dialogue, it would fit right in, and it does. And so that's why I play it. I said, "You got." It. That's from the movie Network, nineteen seventy six. Uh, when that when it came out, Peter Finch, who I believe won an Oscar for that posthumously, if I'm not mistaken. Good day to everybody. I'm glad you're here. We've got a great show, and especially because, oh. My goodness, we have goodies here in the studio. You you cannot believe this. We have I
3: don't cookies. We have. Can cake. we hold
2: up one of those for the, our Facebook friends so you can just see? Let's see. Yep, there you go. That is a luscious piece of what kind of cake?
1: Apple cinnamon walnut cake with a chai honey oh. glaze. Uh. And fresh home baked cookies. Honey um, peanut butter chocolate chip cookies. Can you come here every week? (laughs) Uh.
2: And the woman who was describing that is our guest, our first guest today. She is Carrie Schloss, who has just written a really cool, lovely book. I love the fact that it's a black and gold cover. I like that. It's just very classy. It's called The Asheville Bee Charmer Cookbook, and we're going to explain why it's called that um and uh, we don't care why it's called that because she brought goodies to the studio (laughs) she's bought us with food but the the whole idea the whole idea is to cook with honey
1: absolutely And and people just think that you can cook i mean people think of honey just with tea or with desserts but you can use it for any food and even better you can use it in cocktails
2: Oh well now we're talking. so this is this is how we're going to start our conversation uh, today. Uh, Jerry Godosskis is also going to be here since since you have honey, if you have honey, you got to have bees and um, he's with the Northern Illinois Beekeepers Association. Uh, he's also an Illinois and Florida master gardener and I have to ask him about doing stuff in Florida. Mm-hmm. Since one of the stations that uh, we're on is down in Florida, and uh, some of those people want to get uh, some information, uh, but uh, if if you're a fan of honey, you could be anywhere in the world, basically.
1: Absolutely, um, there you know people will talk about honey varietals, mm-hmm. and that's um, like a honey that just comes principally from bees pollinating one type of plant. So recently, a friend of mine had been um, in Italy, and she brought me lemon honey, and. It, you open it up, it smells like lemon growth.
2: See, wow! you just said uh, honey varietals, and a lot of people immediately went, huh? They started <laughs> scratching their heads. So that's the con- That's where we're going to start our conversation okay. when we come back. Chef Carrie Schloss in studio. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Let's have some treats before we come back, but we will be right back. Welcome back on the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Of course, I had to find a honey reference uh, for our bump music, a little Van Morrison, Tupelo Honey, which is listed in this book Mm -hmm. that we're talking about. This morning, the Asheville Beach Charmer cookbook by Carrie Schloss, who who happens to live just down the road here. Uh, yeah. Not very far from the radio station. Ten-minute drive. Oh, my goodness. You could have walked it over, you know? <laughs> uh, no, it's okay. You had cake, though. And right. we have it here. I'm going to test it on air. Okay. Not yet. Okay. Not yet. And we also have cookies, and I will test those, too. We will do not at the same time, though. I don't want to... Mess up the palate. Yes, you right. Want to keep
3: your palate <laughs> refreshed. Keep the,
2: well, well, what we do then? I have a little sip of coffee, and then I refresh the palate, and and we go forward. So, give us a little bit about your background uh, before we we get into uh, the essence of the book.
1: So, I actually uh, started out my career in finance, although I had always loved um, cooking, and um, I'd wanted to be a chef very early on. And my dad kind of said, "No, you can't go to cooking school." Eventually, don't you
2: love parents? Just they—they <laughs> they, they just crush dreams left and right, like like paper cups.
1: But I I used to cook all the time, and um, finally I went to culinary school and became a personal chef. And um, a couple of uh, where'd you co- go to
2: culinary school?
1: Kendall College, right?
2: So, okay, so again, nearby, a
1: local mm-hmm. school, yeah. And um, then a couple years ago, my friends who own the Asheville Beecharmer, which is a honey store. In Asheville, North Carolina, but it's not
2: just a honey store.
1: No, I sell. mean this. This
2: is obviously uh, we use the word too much on the show, but an iconic place, and it is and is unlike pretty much anything I would think in the country.
1: Yeah, it is an incredible place. I mean, you walk in and they have like fifty varieties of honey, and then they have other bee and honey related products, so like bath products, and but they also have anything that you can think of to do with bees and promoting be awareness.
2: Uh Uh-huh. And it's Asheville, North Carolina. Correct. Which itself is a kind of an enclave of of interesting, artistic, Mm -hmm. creative people, right?
1: Oh, yeah, it is. I love going there. I mean, the food is great. The atmosphere is great. You have lots of artists. You have great craft beer, Mm -hmm. um, great restaurants. So it's just a wonderful place. And, um, and actually me sitting at their honey bar in the store, tasting honeys, is how the book came to life.
2: So how do you know these people uh, at Asheville?
1: So I, uh, the store is owned by Kim Allen and Jillian Kelly, and Kim and I um, have known each other since our freshman year of college. Okay. And so I went to visit them because they had, um, they used to live in Chicago, and they moved out there, and I wanted to see their store. And they have this great honey tasting bar because that's a – thing is people again you got to stop right there (laughs) how
2: how many people have ever been to a honey tasting bar
1: oh and it's incredible and it looks like a beehive so it's um (laughs) and you know the thing is like people think that what they know is as honey from the grocery store that really isn't honey so once you have people tasting Mm -hmm. real honey some of
2: it's not even real honey correct i mean I found out about this a few years ago that there's a scam that you might think you're buying honey, but you're buying some other... Uh, Blend of something. Yeah. Well,
1: you're usually buying, like, corn syrup or it could be barley mm-hmm. syrup or rice syrup, and um, there are no labeling laws, national labeling laws for honey. Surprise! <laughs> so you really need to know what people are doing, and um, that's why I really encourage people to... Um, buy honey from their local farmer's markets. Mm-hmm. Or you can buy it from somebody like the Asheville Beach Harmer. Or,
2: or, or, or a local farmer's market uh, or company that uh, uh, markets a product and you know the company and so you trust them. And isn't
1: Correct. importing it from South America or someplace else. Yeah. And I mean, it's funny because um, somebody had said to me, uh, I had gone to China a few months ago, and they're like, oh, are you going to buy honey from China? And I was like, uh, honey doesn't really exist in China because the bees can't live because of the pollution in, like Beijing, for example. So if is people... that true? Yeah. I so hadn't... people don't realize All right, now that. we're going
2: to have to ask Jerry about yeah. that when he comes <laughs> yeah. in here. There's... Seriously, you do, they don't raise bees in China because well, of the pollution. there
1: are. I mean, there are some in very rural areas, but like in the main sure. manufacturing parts, they don't. Like have... in
2: Beijing, you're probably not going to find no. beekeepers. No bees. No. no. Yeah.
1: No. Well, and you know, going back to the local honey,
3: there's also a lot of studies that have said there's health benefits from the bee pollen from yes. your local plants and not plants from elsewhere in the world. Yeah.
1: Actually, if you have allergies, mm-hmm. um, if you eat local honey because you're kind of ingesting some of the plants that you're allergic to, you build up immunities. Right. So it's a it's a good thing. Plus, it just tastes delicious. All right. And it,
2: no, yeah. go, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: Oh no, no, no. I was going to say, and it actually makes um, cooking a lot easier and mm-hmm. faster. Um, then you realize, because there's a lot of recipes that use sugar. And when you use sugar, you generally speaking have to have the sugar melt and all of this. When you use honey, you can kind of whisk it into sauces, yeah. dressings.
2: See, you've already got me thinking because I'm not a cook, okay? Let's, let's establish that. I, I have a basic repertoire of maybe a half a dozen things that I'm capable of dealing with in the kitchen. One of them, though, is pumpkin pie. I do the pumpkin pie each year. And I looked at your book and I thought, and I went to the pumpkin pie recipe right away. I thought, you know, maybe I need to do this. But your pumpkin pie recipe is very different from the traditional pumpkin pie recipe.
1: Yes. It's,
2: Even the crust is different.
1: Well, so I really tried, um, I've, as I was a personal chef, I've had a lot of clients who are gluten-free <laughs> and dairy-free, And I really try to incorporate some of those ideas into the book. So you'll see there's designations um, on every recipe, if they're vegetarian, dairy-free, gluten-free. And um, for me, I I love that nutty crust on the um, pumpkin pie. Mm -hmm. There's just something about nuts and that kind of the roasted pumpkin flavor Mm -hmm. that I just think is delicious. So that's what I try to incorporate. So it is a different crust.
2: Okay. So, uh, by the way, for the folks just tuned in, Carrie Schloss is uh, the uh, author of a new book called The Asheville Bee Charmer Cookbook, and it's all about cooking with honey. And I wanted to get back. So now we have to go back to the, to the varietals. In, to okay. varietals. So you're sitting in uh, a honey tasting bar. What did you, how did you describe it? A, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. a honey tasting bar, yeah. and it's um, part of the store. And, you know, one of the things that. You know, most people think that honey is just this kind of light golden color Mm -hmm. and very pourable. Yeah. But depending on the type of honey um, that is actually, or the type of flowers that the bees are pollinating, the honey can be a variety of colors, everything from white to almost black. um, That's buckwheat honey. And then um, some of it can be very pourable, but some of it is spoonable. And it depends on the ratio of fructose to glucose in the honey, mm-hmm. and um, and so, some of
2: it can smell like old socks. As yeah, it was said. the
3: dandelion honey, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's like old socks. Wow, <laughs> that's that's so appealing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, going to rush out
2: and get some of that right yeah. away. What um, what smells like old socks?
1: Um, so the two that are the worst are the dandelion honey and then buckwheat honey. And I remember I was. Um, So there are spiced buckwheat honey cookies in um, the book, and it's kind of a riff on a molasses cookie. Mm -hmm. Um, But molasses cookies can be very cloying, for lack of a better word, like that after you eat it, they kind of have this taste in your mouth. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, buckwheat honey has a softer taste, but when you open the jar, it um, definitely has a not-so-nice smell. It's like (laughs) dirty laundry. I, I remember trying buckwheat honey as a kid. That yeah. one stands
3: out in my head because it was somebody that my grandmother knew that loved buckwheat honey
1: yeah it it has um similar properties to molasses, so it has that slight bitterness yeah. to it, but it does smell, but the great thing is that when you cook with it, um the smell dissipates, so you don't you just have a lovely flavor mm-hmm. and no um smell
3: one of the other uh, some of the other varieties we talk about are infused honeys, right, so um. Yeah, so there's a
2: difference between the honey that gets its flavor just from... From
1: the plant. From the plant. And
2: other than, as uh, Peggy says, sometimes you infuse...
1: Right. ...taste. So there's... um, Just to give you a good example, like there's um, cranberry honey, which actually has a little bit of a red tint because of the cranberry Mm -hmm. plants. And um, when you taste it, it actually has a little bit of tartness, and that um, occurs naturally. But um, there are... So the cake that you're eating actually uses... Which a, I will now... Uh, that's a good uh, segue okay. there. Uh, it has... It uses a chai honey. And uh, um, so Jill and Kim take their own... Now, will this be
2: in the uh, the frosting or just the cake itself? Should I... Will the frosting both spoil ha, it? Both, both have hmm. it. All yeah. right.
1: Good. So um, Jill and Kim will take their own wildflower or clover honey because they are beekeepers and they produce their own honey. And then they take, like, chai spices... And they will do this low, slow infusion to create this chai honey. So it literally has these chai spices. Um, Yum. And so.
2: This is awesome. This
1: is just, keep talking. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, You
2: just go on as long as you like. We'll be here yeah. for a few hours.
1: And they do other ones like a cocoa honey or they'll do vanilla honey. And yeah. it's, you know, it just takes a very neutral honey, which is wildflower clover, and Makes it into something a little bit different, so that is not naturally occurring. So um, those are infusions, and they're labeled as infusions, um, and those are their own specific recipes. Like one that they do, um, which I hope will become one of your favorite things Uh-oh. to cook. They have a um, smoky <laughs> Good luck with that. They have a smoky chipotle honey, oh. which I use in a um, chipotle honey marinated skirt steak that. I mm. kid you not, the marinade takes 10 minutes to make. All right. You have it um, marinate for... What pages <laughs> that in here? Okay. <laughs> um, you marinate it for an hour and then you just grill it and you're done. And it's delicious. And that was one of the things that I really tried to do with the book is people are super busy and they don't have time to be in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So all the recipes except for maybe four can be made in between 15 minutes and 60 minutes.
0: Wow.
2: Okay, well, that that cake is uh, superb, but I, I would say, you know, if I ate that and you said identify the flavor, of course I would never be able to identify that. I don't think in a million years.
1: But it you can taste um, a little bit of the cinnamon. And sure. You can mm-hmm. taste, yeah. So you can taste the spices. You may not necessarily know they're chai, but yeah. you would probably be able to say that it has a little bit of an yeah. Indian flavor yeah, to it, it. it definitely has a chai flavor in yeah. the background, you, but you can't tell it's from the
3: honey necessarily. Correct. So if someone wanted to make that recipe and they didn't have the chai honey, can they use regular honey? Yeah, you can use... Um, but what's regular honey? See, well, what you, like see. you would get the wildflower or clover that you get at the store. Yeah,
1: so I would say buy a neutral honey. But even then, you really need to taste all your honeys. Um, mm-hmm. Just like you need to taste olive oils or wine, because um, you could have a Chardonnay from a lot of different places right. that will taste very different. Wildflower honey, for example, from one neighborhood, will be very different than wildflower honey from even 10 miles away.
2: Well, the thing is, though, that means you're basically not buying your honey at the big grocery store. You're not because they're they're not going to have varieties there that you probably are interested in.
1: Yeah. I mean, we have a lot more variety in the Illinois and Wisconsin and Michigan area than people realize. And but did they
2: end up in those big stores? Or...
1: They're not in big stores. See, but that's you the go point go, I'm making. No. Yeah. I'm t-
2: you know, on your regular right. shopping trip and you go to the big store and you just pile everything into the basket, that's not where you want to get your honey.
1: No, you definitely want to go to a farmer's market. And what's great about honey is you could buy honey all summer long and then just put it in your pantry and it doesn't go bad. So as long as you're not having it um, stored in direct sunlight... Your honey will last a long time and will last you all winter. So stock up on it when you have farmer's markets and just um, buy not, as not, many Not bridals. just uh,
2: farmer's markets either, but places that sell products. I mean, there are yeah. co-ops and
3: yeah. places oh, like that. A lot of the yeah. holiday yeah. markets are going to be having honey. Yes, We were at uh, the McHenry County College Green Expo yesterday. Mm-hmm. There was a whole booth selling honey.
1: Yeah, so if you're ever in that kind of situation and you see a local honey producer, buy their honey. And taste it. And, um, you know, you can use in any of the recipes. I've obviously chosen what I thought was the Mm -hmm. best honey to use. But, you know, I have 50 kinds of honey in my pantry (laughs) and not everybody's as crazy as I am. So um, you can use wildflower honey in all of the different um, recipes.
2: So is there more wildflower honey in the world than other varietals? Uh...
1: Yeah, I mean, because that's really the most general Honey that and Jerry there. out there,
2: well, I was talking to Jerry at the McHenry County College Fair we went to yesterday, um, and he's going to be in the studio in just a couple of minutes. Uh, he says a lot of honey comes from trees, and the people yes. don't know that, like the t- tupelo honey, for for example,
1: or orange blossom. Or... Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite honeys is actually fir honey, and it comes from fir trees, and it's this very dark amber. Um, a lot of people will call it mountain honey. And it um, that all comes from trees.
2: Well, we're, we're going to have to break here in about a minute and a half. Do you have to duck out or can you stick around for one more segment?
1: I can stick around.
2: All right, because now we then we'll get the beekeeper okay. and the honey specialist here to exchange ideas um, because it. I never knew there was so much to know about honey. I honestly...
3: We didn't even get into the honey wheel of flavors. Yes. Oh, yeah.
2: I want to let folks know that uh, I've got a link to that on my website. Go to net. It's the Honey and Pollination Center at the Robert Mondavi Institute for Wine and Food Science at UC Davis. And they created something called a Honey Flavor Wheel which breaks down the taste into basic flavor categories such as fruity, floral, herbaceous, woody, chemical, animal, nutty, spicy, caramel, earth some people say caramel I say caramel, earthy and microbiological what the that would heck? be the old socks uh, that's the old is that the old socks yeah it could be <laughs> So I, I've got a link to that there, too. And that if you was want. Uh, Amina yeah. Harris, I think, developed that.
1: Yeah, and I actually reference it in my book because I used it um, for some of the uh, part in the introduction.
2: Yeah, actually, I just read, uh, I copied that out of your book. So, And the name of the book is The Asheville Bee Charmer Cookbook. Carrie Schloss is the author. She's here in the studio. Well, we're bringing in Jerry, and we'll talk bees when we come back. It's The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We're in disco heaven, boogie, oogie, oogie, (laughs) 1978, a a taste of honey. I had no idea this song. That's why I
3: said you're finding every honey song in the book. Yeah, but
2: how did you even know this thing existed? I probably
3: have the 45 somewhere at home still. Here we go. Seriously, I probably have the
2: 45. Yeah, I got news for you. I'm turning the song down. There we go. Okay. (laughs) Welcome back uh, to the show. And now we've got Jerry in the studio with us and, and more stuff that we're putting all over honey, honey, honey jars combs. and honey combs, and holy smoke. Uh, Jerry, uh, and you pronounce your last name for me, Jerry. Godowskis. Uh Let's pull that up just a tad. Oh, there you go. If you want to sit, there we go. Yeah. Jerry Godowskis is a beekeeper with the Northern Illinois Beekeepers Association and an Illinois and Florida Master Gardener. Why do you have Master Gardener uh, certificates in two states?
4: Uh, because I was a master gardener in Florida for three years. (laughs) And now they won't let me be that in Sumter County because they want me to go through the training again. Why not? So now I'm in in the hydroponics and honeybees (laughs) (laughs) and community gardens What How the heck
2: with those master gardeners in Florida? We'll take you in Illinois Okay, because I'm a master gardener here. Uh, And Jerry, uh, uh, I want you to meet uh, Carrie. Jerry and Carrie.
4: We met out there briefly.
2: Oh, that's good. You guys had a chance to to chat. I I suppose you heard some of the conversation.
4: I dig a scrape a little bit of it.
2: Yeah, and uh, (laughs) what I would ask you, well, first of all, you told me some stories about beekeeping in Illinois, especially this year, and I always like to keep things up, uh, keep it current, and you said it was... Uh, there was a, a point in the year where you had some problems uh, mainly because we got really hot and dry and it really affected the uh, production
4: that's correct we had a lot of rainfall earlier in the year before July and then we had what we call a dearth or a drought and uh, during July so we didn't have the nectar flow that we should have had and then we had rain and rain of course washes out the nectar in the flowers too so uh, my bees may not survive the winter because they had zero honey in some of their boxes oh dear
2: now that's odd because it was all it was a short period It was less than a month basically but that really it was at a crucial time wasn't it
4: right it was in the spring about march we start out with the willows i remember we were talking about trees for bees and mike county out of michigan how important trees are for uh, honey and, and stuff like that so then we get into the maples and the, the apples and some of the floral things and then you end up with a goldenrod in the fall, but we need flowers for food for bees throughout the year. Uh-huh.
2: Uh, Carrie, do you ever have conversations with with beekeepers about that and about the quality of the honey? Do they ever warn you or say, we don't think the batch this year is that good or anything like that? Have you ever heard anything like that?
1: Yeah, I, I had Let's heard Let's pull that, that mic
2: uh, toward, point it toward her, Peggy. There. There we go.
1: Okay. I had heard um, from quite a few people this year that it was a very tough year, and for honey... Not just in this area, but nationwide. Really? Yeah. And the weather really played. Um, I mean, it, you saw it in other gardening as well. like right. So um, I think the weather just played a part.
2: Well, it was a late season, for one thing. Right. Yeah, It was cool in the northern tier of the entire country, uh, stretching basically from the Atlantic to the Rockies. Very cool weather early on, and a lot of it was wet. And, um, a Jerry, I would imagine that affects bees a lot.
4: Uh, yes, of course, the climate affects bees, seasons affect bees. Uh, uh, in terms of uh, being reported locally, uh, Tim May uh, is a Harvard beekeeper with fourteen, fifteen hundred hives, and he's a president of American Bee Federation. And so he's reported on some of the uh, uh, beekeeping throughout the uh, United States. And he's had a tough time, too, with some of his hives. So... Uh, how long have you been um, uh, been a beekeeper, Jerry? <laughs> I'm going into my fifth year. I started when I was 78 years old. <laughs> uh, I'm in, I, then I'm in. Give that man a ding. <laughs> All right. It has become so fascinating. My vine. I've been a master gardener. And, and also you have a farming background as well. Yeah, I've always kept. Touch. I, I like to call myself a teacher and a farmer. Yeah. Don't call yourself a psychologist. People ask you all kind of questions.
2: <laughs> all uh, right. I'm going to start calling myself a farmer, so people leave me alone.
4: <laughs> yes, I have, and I have farm property now. Uh, primarily, uh, <laughs> primarily GMO corn and soybeans, which I don't approve. But my nephew's farm it downstate in Christian uh-huh. and counties. So, yeah. But I'm a gardener, and I started uh, master gardening in '95. Well, actually 97, I retired in 95 and I got in taking horticulture courses. I'm mostly a technical person and, and Yeah, like, you're you're
2: you're kind of an engineer type of guy, aren't well, you? Well,
4: I was in the Air Force in electronics and I got a, then I got out and got a degree in physics, math and chemistry. I got a master's in counseling and and I'm a national board certified counselor, but as, Jerry, as I mentioned you're... the other day, you when you go along in life, you find a need for it and you go for that need and I have found different needs throughout my life with this challenge to me.
2: What I'm going to tell you, Jerry, is that you're overqualified for everything. Okay? No, I'm eclectic.
4: I'm just eclectic, you know. and I don't, I don't learn enough, so I got to go learn more. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a phone call because we've got a, a caller, and uh, let's bring bringing you Greg. Uh, you're on the Mike Novak show with Peggy Malecki. How you doing?
5: Oh, oh, real good. Hey, it was good to hear this uh, topic here because uh, we're here down in Beverly, and we have a uh, we're Chicago's uh, first metery. We got a you know honey wine tasting bar, and it'd be great if Carrie could come down sometime. We do a honey and mead uh, pairing, you know, to her. Uh, I mean, her uh, the different recipes she has. We could cook them up and then pair them with all the different meads. It'd be a, a great, great I'm, event.
1: I'm so glad you called in because you are on my list to contact <laughs> um, because I had heard about the meadery and I haven't had a chance to get down there yet, but um, I. Uh, I would love to do that.
2: Uh, and by the way, Greg, yeah. give, let's take the time, give you a little plug here, okay? Uh, oh, great. The name of the meadery and where people can find out about you.
5: Yeah, it's uh, Wild Blossom Meadery, uh, and we're in uh, Beverly. That's uh, 9030 90, South Hermitage, and we're open uh, Wednesday through Sunday, and we have a full tasting bar. We've got 20 different meads, and we raise honeybees around here in the city. We have some bees right down on Michigan Avenue and other bees in the lakefront, through the parks, and it's all local honey that tastes wonderful, but we all turn it into honey wine, and we have about, say, 20 different varieties.
2: Wow. So is that what mead is? Do you want to explain what mead is in particular?
5: Yeah, mead is the oldest fermented beverage on earth, and it's actually wine made from honey, and it actually rivals grape wine. Uh, It actually was before grape wine, about 2,000 years before that, and uh, it just basically got forgotten Uh, honey, you know, is a a valuable product and uh, it was much cheaper to make wine out of beer, you know, out of uh, grapes and, you know, beer out of grains. So uh, it got forgotten, but now it's, it's actually one of the fastest growing, uh, you know, alcoholic beverages in the country. And there's meteries popping up around all over the country because every honey, from every region is different so you have a lot of different flavors and it's a, a great way to taste honey and I, actually, oh, I was going to
1: say i actually have a blackberry mead poached pear recipe in the book
2: that sounds <laughs> fabulous <laughs> I, I
3: think you'll be making that down at uh,
2: <laughs> so uh so down at wild <laughs> blossom good. meadery anything in particular you want to get yeah. across other than let us know that the meadery is down there greg
5: uh, well, you know, please come by. We have a full tasting bar, and you can taste, you know, a whole flight of mead and uh, really get familiar with the product. And, you know, mead is the most sustainable wine on earth. Just to produce mm-hmm. one bottle of bees will pollinate about 2 million flowers. And, you know, honey is super sustainable because when bees make honey, that turns yeah. those that pollination into seeds. So mm-hmm. it's the only food that actually produces more food when it's made.
2: And it, and isn't it the uh, the only food that can last thousands of years and that they'll find
4: it in? Go ahead, Greg. Only in, only insect yeah. that makes food. Yeah, for, only through. insect that makes food for human beings is a honeybee. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Okay, yeah. but it's also
2: it and it, it
5: never goes bad.
2: It, it, yeah, that, which is great. Hey, give us a website there, uh, Greg.
5: It's uh, wildblossommeadery.com. Uh, dot
2: wild blossom com. really appreciate you calling Greg and you know what I'm gonna hook you up with uh, Carrie uh in fact oh I,
5: great Peggy Pe- and take I care. have
2: have said we need to go down and do a show live from the metery think we could work that out on a Sunday morning
5: oh uh, for sure anytime
2: all right let's put it on the calendar let's all let's right. do something
5: we'll give Greg a ding here take care
2: there you go all right thanks uh, for calling
5: thanks, Carrie. Thanks, Thanks.
2: Mike. All right. Bye bye. And by the way, it's 877 711 5611 if you want to call in and, and comment on this. Um, and I noticed that, uh, Jerry, Anna, uh, you brought in uh, a bunch of stuff here that you, you've got.
3: We've got some show and tell in the studio. Yeah, of... so tell us what what you have here.
4: Uh, that's, uh, a, a box of frames, of picture frames I use in teaching that tells what's on, on all the frames as we go through oh, the, the, through the hive.
2: Okay. There we go. And, uh, yeah. So it's a frame, but it has photos that, uh, right. that are on it and it's different photos on the front. And, and you give and a
3: lot of lectures on. Thanks yes, for going so for the I close up there. I appreciate
2: that. You guys, let me, let me hold up another one. Uh, get another one. That one says. The
3: foraging bees. Propolis. 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 On one side. And
2: foraging yep. bees. What's, what's a propolis?
4: There are four things that bees bring into the honey. I uh, bring into the honey hives. The boxes are nectar to make sugar, uh, pollen for their proteins, water for cooling, and resin, make, which makes propolis. Resin and honey which makes it propolis. It's our bee medicine. Propolis is bee medicine. Aha. Uh-huh. So
2: you've got, and this one is the queen and her court. Yeah, the, which she's is, marked
4: there in blue, yeah. and that
2: one yellow there. Yeah, it's we also a queens. softball thing. The queen. <laughs> there's just like queen and just four drones, and they they'll take on anybody in a softball game.
3: So. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Yeah. And then, and then there's wax bees wax.
2: Yes, of course. Bees wax,
4: is, uh, the bees make the wax. Uh, yeah. They, pull, just they, pull yeah. that
2: mic up. You're great. There's yeah.
4: eight. There's eight uh, segments in their abdomen, four on each side. The sugar, sugar water is main, brought in there, and the waxes, and every 12 hours, they make a flake of wax, and then they pull it off and, and uh, put it in their cones. Well, there you have it. Carrie Schloss, Jerry
2: Godowskis, thank you for a great conversation about honey, about bees, about lots of things I, frankly, did not know anything about, uh, even though I are Devo. I are green. You are green. We are green. We are green.
3: And until next time...
2: Go green. Or go home. Wait, that's... Never mind.
3: Okay.